detective. Thrill me. All right, Halloween's over. We had our double rank the Halloween series. And we're back to listener requests. Uh, Kevin, one of our listeners, requested the Stephen King adaption 1408. Jared, how are we, mate? Yeah, not too bad. How was the Halloween period? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty any, good. Anything on... Did did we get any trick-or-treaters? Did we... Uh... No. Um, well, I was the only one home, so I took the kids trick-or-treating, so yeah. anyone that knocked on my door... Got was nothing. Not, uh, I bought six bags of lollies, but... <laughs> We had a, a very much an influx out yes. in our area. Yeah. Uh, obviously, being Australians, it's not a big thing, but it's kind of become a lot bigger over the last few years. I know, you know, the last three or four years we've done the trick or treating, and we kind of dress the house up a little bit so people are aware. You know, yeah, you can come and knock on the door. Yeah. And scaring uh, children, uh, yeah, <laughs> fucking scary children, fucking pretty well at times um, this year. But I reckon we would have had probably ten or so groups mm. knock on the door. So that's that's quite a few. All right, before we get into this, because no Gibbo this week, uh, no, he's, got he's come down pox. with the chicken well, pox. Well, has he got his, it? His kids have got, got chicken pox. I thought it might have been shark pox myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I reckon he just had a look at the resume and just thought, fuck, fuck this. <laughs> what have I had yet? <laughs> chicken pox. So uh, Gibbo is out for the next couple of episodes. He's quarantined. But before we get to the actual film, uh, let's do a run through of what we've been watching. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with our um, Halloween episode, the way it was, it's probably been about four weeks since we talked about what we'd watched. Yes. So, what do you got, mate? Well, too much Halloween. Even though, I, you know, I do love the Halloween movies, but shit, even <laughs> trying to take it all ten of them in uh, one one dose was. <laughs> Difficult at times. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I took the lies. Ace Ventura approach and fucking took a plunger to, <laughs> to my own face after watching <laughs> the entire series because, yeah, there's a few real turkeys in there, i got to admit. Yeah, uh, so obviously that was that was in there. Um, I watched a bit more of Bates Motel. Yeah. Two seasons in. Really good. I'm really enjoying it. I think the second season was, was better. Yeah. And from what I'm led to believe, the rest of it is pretty much that quality. So I'm really looking forward to finishing that. Yeah. Um, I watched The Founder. Oh, yeah. What about Max? McDonald? Yeah, yeah. No, it was all right. Michael Keaton was excellent. But, yeah, not, not a gem. No. It was interesting to see how it all happened. It's varying levels of bullshit, as these true stories have. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting how it all went down. I watched Cult of Chucky. Cult of Jackie. I actually purchased Cult of Jackie. <laughs> yeah, I quite liked it. I quite is it kind it. of a reboot, the whole series? Curse of Chucky it? was the, the last one was like a reboot, sort of. So this is the sequel, and it has Brad DeRiff's daughter again. And she's, she looks distractingly like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Was she the hero? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's got a career in villains. Yeah, but this one was... This one was uh, it took it in an interest, interesting direction, and I was I was happy enough with it. Have um, they dropped all the Tiffany stuff? No, she's still there. She's still there. She's okay. still there. It's it's funny because it's taken it. It the last one was kind of a reboot, but then brought back things that from were the from sequels. the first ones. Yeah, and the, so so it's kind of. I think it was just rebooting it into the public fucking consciousness because they're taking they've taken stuff from the from the original movies. So yeah, yeah, it's they're both worthwhile. I quite liked both of them. I watched Batman: Return of the Cape Crusaders and Batman vs Two Face. So oh. if you don't know what that is, that was they they redid Batman sixty six as one of the DC animated films. Oh, okay, worked really well. Um, it was really enjoyable. Obviously got. Adam West and Burt Ward back to do it. Got a few of the other voices, but they took it. Like, for example, they've got – they get in fucking bat spaceships and all sorts of shit. So, it takes it takes what was going on in the 66 show into the animated realm where you don't really have those limits. So, it was, it was really well done. And Batman vs. Two-Face, which has only just come out, was actually Adam West's last film. Last film, okay. And um, – William Shatner was Two-Face. Oh. So it's pretty cool hearing yeah. those two go back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed both of them as well. I think I probably liked the second one better, actually. Slasher, season two. I also saw Slasher. Yeah, I haven't in finished full. it yet. I haven't finished it yet. I'm four, season, uh, four episodes in. Look, I'm not loving it. Um, but, yeah, I obviously have to reserve judgment until 
everything comes out in the wash and we figure out who's who and who's doing the doing the deal. Look, from my perspective, it's 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 classic eighty slasher film. Mm. Like I will give them credit for staying in that pocket, like knowing that this stuff can be quite silly and kind of plundering, pushing that as for, for everything it's worth. Yep. It's extremely violent. Yes. Um, extremely violent. Like, Although it does also go long stretches early. With yeah, with not a lot of violence, but no, when they no do, it, it it comes hard. Like, yeah. Yep. I, haven't, I haven't seen this much violence in a, in a slasher film in a long time. Yep. But I'm telling you now, it's pretty generic. It meanders. And you're about to hit the period where even the biggest person like myself who doesn't pick up on who de- does these things in these whodunits, I picked it like it was... Like, I, me and my wife were just talking, and she's like, you know, she pointed the finger, and I kind of went, yeah, it must be. Like, you know, there's no mm. other explanation. Yeah. And, of course, it's exactly what you expect. Mm. Look, it's well made, and it's, you know, it's it's diverting, and I'd probably watch a third season, but I'm not. I mean, I didn't even like the first season that much, so yeah. it's kind of, it's like Scream. Like, the Scream TV show is the same. It, it's just, it doesn't, they don't know, they don't quite know how to, get the right elements together. Yeah. I think we discussed it, and I still think, um, even though I think it had some missteps and messed up in, in some areas, Harper's Island's still the one that's done the yeah. Slasher TV show the best because they ran with this, one person's going to die each week, and it was fun. And the idea and of Harper's Island trapping them in the on the one place, you yeah. know, going back to and it. Everyone had a secret yeah. kind of like I kinda of, I dug that and this goes the same way. Yeah. And I do like the idea of the camp in winter time. I thought that was kind of cool. Hmm. Um it's a nice look. But it's just there's some very untidy shit. Yep. Um about midway through that I just thought we were getting too heavy here. This is <laughs> too far. Yeah. For me. Um, and I'm not a prude, shit. I was no, all, 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 all sorts of shit. I caught up on some of the new seasons of the DC shows. Mm. Yeah, going along nicely. I haven't, I haven't actually. Well, I haven't actually watched much Arrow yet. Okay. I don't even think I finished the first episode. Supergirl mainly. I've seen. I'm still enjoying that one. Yeah. But yeah, still, still working my way through them. You know, the funny thing is, um, the most enjoyable one at the moment might actually be Legends of Tomorrow because yeah. they got rid of a couple of the dud actors and um, it's got a quantum leap vibe where yeah, they go cool. through time and just sort of prop up in different time periods and things like that. Well, that's cool. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's as I said, it might be the one that's the most fun at the moment. Um, I watched that doco, An Open Secret, which was fairly untidy. It, oh, is it, that the... It went, it's to do with the, you know, the, the Hollywood assault thing. allegations going on in Hollywood. In the wake of Harvey Weinstein, it went online for free for about 10 days. Um, but it's mainly based at, uh, based at child actors. So it's got some of the people that fucking Corey Feldman's been talking about recently and stuff like that. It's really untidy and it doesn't paint a good picture for someone like Brian Singer, although it doesn't really go too deep into his allegations. It does sort of paint the picture of what he's supposed to be involved in. It's pretty untidy. It was pretty difficult to watch, but it's the sort of thing that probably needs to be out there. So I watched the Blade Runner sequel. Any good? Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I I was... Nodding off. Nodding <laughs> off. <laughs> I did nod off at one point for probably only about a minute, Is which was good. Is that why it was so good? Uh, <laughs> look, yes, that's through I, an hour. Or? I haven't had that much trouble at the cinemas in a while, but I went uh, I went with a mate and just... The first, hour, the first hour, I was just locked in. The middle hour, I just started to drift a little, <laughs> but then after that, I I, I kind of um, had my little sixty second power nap. <laughs> I was back in the game. I <laughs> know uh, it was really good, like visually spectacular. Really, sort of takes its time. Harrison Ford, look, I can't help it in this and Star Wars and that. I can't help but feel like he just doesn't want to be there anymore. He's just cashing checks at this point. Yeah, um, but Gosling was fantastic, and yeah, I I, I quite enjoyed it. Ford's just r- dusting off his old properties. Yeah, one yeah, last exactly. go round before exactly. he retires, basically. Um, and the other thing was Stranger Things. You watched Stranger Things? So I am. I believe I got three episodes to go. Right? How um, is it? Oh fuck! I just love that show. Yeah. Uh, it's. It's got some things that I didn't quite like. Um, obviously, I, ha- I'm not, I haven't seen how Eleven's going to play out. But is it, is it the, still on the same par as the first season or slightly below? 
it's probably slightly below because again you can't sort of recreate the sort of surprise. Yeah, the factor. lightning in, bo- in the lightning bottle. In a bottle. Sort of yeah, season. yeah. But I, I just love the show. The kids are just just have such a good chemistry together and really entertaining. Um, but yeah, Eleven's kept apart from them for. Well, from where I'm at, she she's still hasn't come into contact with the other kids yet. And part of that works really well, but some of it, it's kind of like, yeah, I sort of wish it, it would work its way back there. But she's got her own thing going on. So, yeah, I really like it. I just love that show. It might actually be my favourite thing on at the moment. So, yeah, if they renew it for season three, I think they I think they might have picked up season three and four. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all in. No doubt it's probably locked in for a little bit longer. Yep. And is that it? That's it. Okay. I, of course, watch Slasher. I'm seven episodes into Mindhunter. Oh, uh, yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Real it's slow like, burn. It's on Real my slow list burn. After Don't things. expect Criminal Minds, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, this is how I explain it to people. Criminal Minds is the wham-bam, everything gets solved in an hour. Yeah, yeah. This is the exact opposite. Everything's yeah. slow, methodical. We're building to things. Each episode starts with like a two-minute vignette that's got nothing to do with it, mm. but it's going to. It's going to converge somewhere, yeah, yeah. and it may not be this season. It may even be next season, mm. but it's going to converge, and if you know your serial killers, you'll probably guess where they're going yep. with it, but it's really, really impressive. The acting's fantastic. The visuals, it looks great. Like, you know, it's 77 or 79, it's set. Uh, the the production design's fantastic. The acting um, from the two leads is excellent. You can see the fingerprints of David Fincher, mm. who's the producer on it, all over it, you know. But it's it's really, really strong, um, and it's definitely worth a look. I watched a two-part doco series on ABC called Horror Movie, A Low-Budget Nightmare. Mm. They had a bloke trying to make a movie in Australia called Red Christmas. Yep. Awesome. Really, really good. It just shows what it takes to make a low-budget flick. Yep. And um, it just shows him putting basically everything on the line yeah. financially. Probably not a great idea. Not a great idea, <laughs> no. The film looks all right. Yeah. Um, and I think it's on iTunes. Yeah. I might have to actually have a look. Um, he ended up getting D. Wallace yep. to come over. And... Um, I think he was a bit worried about how she was going to react because it was really low budget. and But she turned out to love it. Like, she loved it. Yep. Um, her experience there was great. But it's just really interesting to see how that sort of stuff gets made. Mm. And the way he kind of changes his thinking at the end, because he just thought you just turned up to film festivals and then someone bought it. Yeah, yeah. But it just doesn't work no, like that. it doesn't. Uh, and the last thing I saw was actually some fan, a fan film. On mm-hmm. YouTube called Never Hike Alone. Mm-hmm. It's the Friday the 13th one. Yep. Was that the one where the dude did a lot of it on GoPro and stuff like that? Or? Yeah, there's a bit of that in there. Yep. It's kind of part, it's half sort of um, found footage type of look yep. and half normal mm. footage. I liked it. Yep. It's really professionally made. Um, it looks like there's a little bit of money. There's some pretty good effort involved. Yep. Gets a little bit off track near the end. Um, and uh, we get a surprise sort of cameo from a. Uh, 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 actor from the original Friday series, mm. but it's good. It's look. It's yeah. a kind of it's a calling card. Yeah, you could put your hand up and say, "Well, you know, put me in. I might be able to do something with, yeah. with something like this." Well, especially I on mean, the budget I've, they would have had, which would have been fairly limited. I mean, I've gone down rabbit holes of like Batman fan films and things like that, and sometimes it's just yeah, these people are just having a bit of fun on the weekend. But other times it's like fuck. Somebody who's involved should call these people because yeah, yeah. it's really, really there's good, money, you know? there's effort, there's um, makeup on knowledge a budget, like of how this works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's some really fantastic stuff out there. So, and I and I think this would be in that sort of echelon to me. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of thing where there's some good effort gone into it. There's some pretty decent um, cinematography and all that. Mm. The acting by the there's sort of one guy and Jason. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, and the act guy playing the the hiker is, is quite good. Yeah. So yeah, look, it's worth a look. Yeah. It's on right. there for free. It's it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's well, definitely worth a look. I mean, I I remember there's there's a kind of almost legendary one called Batman Dead End. Yeah. That's 
it's freaking incredible what they did with it. They actually got um, the guy that did it actually had access to some of the suits from 20th Century Fox, so he wow. brought a few other characters in and wow, um, actually ended up getting things like um, surprise action figures that popped up in lines yeah. ten years down the track based on something he'd done. Like yeah. it was pretty incredible where where it can get to. So. Exactly, but that's about it for me. Great. All right. On to Kevin's pick, 1408. Here's the trailer. You're not going anywhere. You're staying right here with us. Daddy. Everyone dies. When Mike Henslin lost his daughter, the afterlife became his obsession. You probably want to hear all about our haunt history. But after years of searching, he no longer believes. So you're saying there's no such thing as ghosts? I'm saying I've never seen one. Nothing would make me happier than to experience a paranormal event. Gerald Olin, manager of the Dolphin. If I can just get the key to 1408. In the 95 years of the hotel's existence, there have been 56 deaths in 1408. 56. No one's ever lasted more than an hour. The first victims to Kevin O'Malley. Cut his own throat. have the vague air of menace. Nobody lasts more than an hour. <laughs> You're gonna have to try harder, Olin! It's not what I'm seeing. It's not real. It just ain't as real as it seems. Fourteen oh eight from two thousand and seven. It's directed by Mikhail Hafstrom, who did Escape Plan. Congratulations! I thought you were going to mangle that. One. Oh shit! <laughs> You've got a history. Of doing well, that. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I, I was pre-warming it before. <laughs> Produced by Lorenzo de Bonaventure, who does the Transformers films. There you go, <laughs> butchered immediately. <laughs> Written by Matt Greenberg, who did Halloween H2O, and Scott Alexander and Larry Krasuski. <laughs> there you fuck, look what you've done. Uh, they, they wrote Man on the Moon, and it's based on the short story by Stephen King. It stars John Cusack as Mike Enslin and Samuel L. Jackson as Jared Olin. The budget was 25 mil, and it made about 131 worldwide. And... In the standard edition DVD, the runtime is exactly 104 minutes and 8 seconds. Mmm. There you go. Right. Jared, what was your take on 1408? Right. Well, I kind of struggle with with these um, films where it's just someone seemingly going out of their mind sometimes. But I, I kind of, I really like this one. The acting is top notch. The acting that you get from Cusack basically is top notch. Even Sammy Jackson gives one yeah. of his better performances because he's not, you know, yelling. <laughs> he's not yelling and carrying on. I've spent plenty of time around hotels through, you know, employment of of people in my life, and mm. he fits the mold perfectly of one of those hotel managers. That, that sort of air of confidence, but. Uh, you know, almost like a salesman sort of yeah. vibe to them. But so even Sammy Jackson was fantastic. It's just a nifty little 
little piece. Mm. Basically, it's it's it, there's nothing that really I come out of thinking, oh, that's that's an absolute classic. That's that's a scene that I'll remember for the rest of my life, or or um, that one chilled me to the bone. But all of them are pretty effective. There's nothing that's really poorly done. Mm. So. I'll probably, I reckon I'll probably sit with a three out of five. It's, it's, not a, it's not a classic by any stretch, but it is a really well done film and really enjoyable, and I didn't have a lot to dislike about it. Yeah, look, I'm a bit the same. What's interesting for me is thinking back to when Kevin actually brought it up. He, he stated that, you know, when we'd done an episode on The Shining, I think, and we talked about some of King's other work, we hadn't spoken about this, and I was kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot all about it completely. Which you know, and you know, it's I think until it, this might have been his highest grossing film. Yeah, or one of yeah, one of his definitely. I think it was highest. the. Yeah, I, I read about it previously. Like so I read some articles about it, and as of the time that it was released, it was the top one. Yeah, so, so it's, it's one that kind of slips the mind, and it's not because yeah. it's bad. Because I don't think it's bad at all. I no, think that like like you, I, I feel it's a it's a nifty little scare film um, that works for the most part. I'm probably in the same boat, three out of five. I like it. My problem with it actually stems to the latter half, where mm. I think it gets a little threadbare because all we're doing is throwing boo, 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 boo. We're just setting up all this staging, all these boo moments. And then when we finally get to the actual meat of the story, I just kind of didn't didn't really dig that as much. Yeah. Um, I love all the early setup. I think some yep. of that stuff is great. So for me, three out of five. Yep. Fair call. Yeah, we'll have to look into that, but because I, I was actually well, I would have thought something I... like um, Green Mile. Yeah, was the biggest one. Yeah, well, perhaps I, what I was looking at may have mentioned um, just horror, but yeah, in terms of, uh, I definitely read something that stated this was his highest grossing film. Well, so maybe certainly I'm it must be up about there. Just the horror ones, but. Um, it certainly must be one of the high, uh, highest ones of recent times too because yeah. he hadn't had a lot of success in terms of his adaptions box office-wise in the 2000s yeah. until it. And there was a very valid point that was brought up about how it sort of came at a really good time too because people were sort of – or some people weren't really into the whole sort of sore and hostile sort of thing that came up in the early 2000s, so this was 2007 and was almost a departure, just going back to one of those little sort of ghost stories, yeah. you know, not overly violent, just just chilling sort of moments. So, And look, I, I, I really like the opening scenes to establish Mike Enslin, where, yeah. you know, he's, he's flogging his books in, you know, little reading yep. circles where no one really turns up and he, he previously had written a really good book and no one yep. read it and now yep. he's just a, kind of a hack who just does this ghost story sort of crap mm. and debunking ghost places and all this sort of stuff. I really, really liked that, and I think it was kind of – it just sort of streamlined him into a really interesting sort of guy. You got a well, quick sense was, of him. It was 10 minutes of absolute top-notch character development. Yeah. Like, we, we had minimal interactions with other people, but we got so much information about him and – as you said, you know, you get uh, that, that first part where he checks into the hotel. You get what he does, mm. you know, what he does for a living. The way he treats the owners, the dismissive way, sort of sort of tells us this is just another one on the yeah. list. Basically, he does. Because they keep talking about how, um, how scary the place is. Yeah, and he's, he's just, just dismissive. Like and it's, it's such a small thing, but you're like, okay, once you start to get the context of what he does, you're like, okay, well, this is fucking just tick a box. Part of the course the next the one. Bike, yeah. And then, you know, the book signing, again, shows he's... He's doing. He's cynical, and he's doing something he doesn't really love. And then the woman comes up with the old book, and you yeah. again, you get the sense that's what he wanted to fucking do. And, and he kind of lights out. up a bit. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, he does. You've he got lights that. up, but yeah. then he kind of gets back to his kind of cynical yeah. sort of self, playing basketball when he's taking the taking the call to fourteen oh eight, making the call to fourteen oh eight, so to the Dolphin Hotel. Sorry, it's um again shows that he's just fucking. This is another another. Another one on the list doesn't think anything about it. Like, it's just really good character work. But what I also like about when he calls the Dolphin Hotel is just the way they keep that mystery, where yeah. they just sort of go, it's unavailable. He hasn't yeah, even yeah, given yeah. them a date, and they just Next go, it's week, unavailable. Unavailable. Next and month, they just hang up on him. Yeah, yep, yep. I like that. Just, just yeah, a little bit of air of mystery. Yep. Rather than kind of explaining why we don't hand the room out and all this sort of bullshit. And mm. So it's not one of his, fa- his usual. Yep. Where the, you know, juxtaposing it against him 
going into the hotel in the first minute. That they're explaining, oh, someone died in the room in this period and all this sort of shit. Whereas when he rings the dolphin, they just tell him it's unavailable. Yeah, That's yeah. It. You know, yep. No spell, just well, you don't get it. Yeah. I really like that sequence when him and uh, Cusack and Jackson meet. In the, in the office. Yeah, that's excellent. It's yep. the best scene in the movie. It's really, it's really up, well done. It's got... There's a real good back and forth. You get yeah, plenty yeah. of info, but it's, it's not like, sort of generically passed out info. It's nicely no, put No, no, it's really good conversation. And then you get moments like, you know, they're talking about the deaths and then Cusack starts cutting him off and repeating the deaths and then he's yeah. basically like, you know, I'll do my research, blah, blah, blah. And then Jackson goes into the, what about the, you know, what about the um, natural deaths? And Cusack's like, natural deaths? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're the ones that don't get reported. Um, and then he starts, you know, Cusack's going, this is all, your, your sales will go up 50% and whatever. And he's like, yeah, this is an old hotel, but we operate at 90% capacity. Yeah. There's no sales pitch here. Like, it's sort of back and forth as to who's holding the power in the conversation. Yeah. And it's, it's really, really, really like good. It. Yeah, really good work. And then it actually finishes like, it almost seems like classic Sammy Jackson, but because he's very restrained, it works really well when he starts, you know, the final line is, it's an evil fucking room. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the key. Yeah, that stuff was great. And it's kind of, by the time he gets in the room, I think it's still only we're half hour in. Yeah. And all that stuff has been excellent, really, up to that point. And we still don't know. We know that there's stuff um, for Enslin that's, that's going to come out, but we don't know what that is. So yeah. there's a mystery about him too, about what it's what it's going going to be. You said before that Cusack's excellent. Mm. He's he. It's pretty much a one man show. Yeah, essentially, because well, Jackson isn't really in it for other no. than that sequence. Well, he goes there, and then there's basically what two more minutes of him. For yeah, the rest yeah, of two or at, three more minutes, and it's all at the, the end, I think. And we get a couple of other characters who aren't ghosts. You know, mm. so his wife we see, yep. I think. But other than that, everyone else is a ghost or a, yeah, a someone, yeah. or just who's, someone who's not really interacting with him other than to scare him briefly yeah. and piss off. Um, I really like the, the look and feel of the Dolphin Hotel. It gives off a shining vibe. Yeah, it does. Yep. And I love the fact that it's actually set in, in the middle of the city. Yeah. Not in, you know, a lot of these would be little run-down motels out in the sticks or yeah, high yeah. in the mountains or something. but. It's right in the centre of the city. Yeah, it actually ends up working to heighten the sense of isolation. As you said, the room's very creepy and things start to happen very slowly and they aren't really scary, like the song bursting in. And But they start slowly build this atmosphere. But then you get to the point where he's sort of screaming out the window or, you know, trying to get attention out the window yeah. and there's just nothing. Yeah. And you sort of like, from that point on, you sort of get locked in the room with him. Yeah. And it's it's really well done, really well done. Even when the bloke comes up to fix the thermostat, you know, yeah. he won't come in the room. And they take sh- you, you know, you get shots of him from across the room, standing in the doorway, and it all it all sets you up like you're just stuck in here with Cusack, basically. Yeah. And um, what I love about it too is taking that time to build the suspense with those little things yeah. helps in the long run because you know you've got the whole thing, the the heat, the radio. The, the painting moves, the um, blood smears when he runs the black light, you know, they're all yep. over the place. And those things slowly ramp up, and I think it's to the movies, you know, it's it's a really good move for it. It's actually one of its more effective ways of doing it as opposed to just ladling on, you know, suddenly it, the guy's trapped in the room and it's all happening, you know. Yeah, yeah. They take their time, which is what I like. Yep. I, one of my favourite... Parts of the film is when he actually looks out the window and he sees somebody and he starts going, help, help, yeah, help. And yeah. it's mirrored. It's just yep. him doing it back to himself. Yeah. I thought that was great. And that's when it starts to bring in this all this stuff about that you're being haunted by your own past, basically, and you're, yeah. um, you're, you're looking inside your own head, basically. And it's it, and also I got I shit my pants when he comes back inside the room and that bloke suddenly comes out of nowhere it, yeah, with a fucking yeah, hammer. yeah. I'm going, yeah, whoa, where'd it, that come from? He looked like Clint Howard. <laughs> he was always very scary. Exactly. <laughs> he could have not had a hammer. Yeah, he did have a hammer. Oh, Clint Howard, fuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that stuff was excellent. And it's sort of, um, I really liked how they uh, they built the... They built his past very slowly. Mm. Like, you didn't know what was going on with, the, with his dad and... All that sort of stuff just just builds itself 
pretty well. Pretty pretty well. Like you don't just get it given to you in a hurry. No, they hold back. And look, the film's pretty well directed. Um, yeah, and really quite well atmospheric. Yeah. They use a lot of close-ups and off-kilter angles and shit like that, yeah, yeah. which I think works really, really well. Well, the combination, off. the combination of that and John Cusack is is really what made the movie. Yeah, without you know, with a lesser actor and a director that didn't handle it quite so well and didn't build the tension quite so well, it could have been a really boring movie. Yes, yes, because well I'll get to it more but it it just kind of doesn't hold your attention for the whole 100 odd minutes yeah yeah and and that's not look it would have been better at a 90 minute a bit breezier mm. but there's probably a little bit more to it than that like it's yeah. it's, it's a really hard one to explain because yep. It's just not quite strong enough with the depth, the deep stuff. Yeah. But it also doesn't go long enough with the the scary stuff. Yeah. It just it's kind of sits really weirdly in the middle. Mm. I also love the fact that every time you see some of the the ghosts, they look like kind of old movie characters. They're in yeah. black, or black and white, and they're yep. flashing really weirdly, and they're dressed old. And, it kind of it actually gives it like a Twilight Zone sort of yeah. thing, as does the old hotel. Yeah. Um, so and it, it kind of fits into that. It, it's like an old Twilight Zone episode, basically. Like yeah, in yeah. some senses. In some sense, it is. Yeah. Um, I like. I do like the scene where he actually crawls out the window. Yep. And then it just goes on and on and on and on, and all the other windows have disappeared. Yeah. yeah. So he's trying to go from this window to the hallway window. Yeah. And then they just disappear, and he's basically yeah. on his own. It all out builds on the edge. up. What did you get from it? What did you get that the film was kind of it? Because what I got, I'll, I'll put it, this is this is what I felt was like Room 1408. Obviously, I said, you know, he's going into his head and that sort of stuff, and it's kind of like the grief that he's feeling and all that. It, when they start talking about you can check out and all this sort of stuff, that, that's that's the vibe that I got is like 1408 is his grief and his the scars from what happened with his family and his daughter, and the only way to really check out is you fucking die because that yeah. shit's never going away, basically. And 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 look, I kind of got that vibe too, but going towards the negative, I don't know whether it was explained that well. And the problem from one of the bigger problems for me was, and there's there's multiple endings to this film. Yeah. Um, if you look at the DVD, there's several. Yeah. And I don't know if any of them really make much sense to me. Like the one I got. I just remember watching it and just thinking, okay. Well, which one did you get? The one where he's in the back of the car with Jackson. Yeah. And he's all burnt up. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and they're at the funeral. They're at yep. his funeral. Yeah, that's what I got too. And I looked last at the thing, other I two. last time I watched it, I thought I might have seen a different one. Yeah, and, and they're on the DVD and I looked yeah. at them and one of them's him in the room with the laptop or something or talking to someone. I can't, I can't remember them. But I just remember watching them and thinking, None of them are satisfactory. Yeah. Like, none of them really explain what you, you're trying to say. Yeah, well, that was, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. I, I felt like the funeral one didn't really wrap it up. And this is the thing. I think you're correct. I think it was all about the grief and, and his, the family situation that he yeah. had. Yeah. But it doesn't do a good enough job explaining that to me. So when I get to the end, I'm going, I'm scratching my head. Now, yeah. I'm not the smartest man in the <laughs> no, and you're not exactly talking to Albert Einstein. No, <laughs> no, 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 certainly not. It's, not. it's not Hawking and Einstein, you know, Marley game. <laughs> what, what's Stevie King's adding to the <laughs> No, it's not. No, it's not. But that's a that's a major failing mm. because if you can't actually explain, like it's one thing to watch something like. Um, What's a movie that's, that's that's really got no story? Uh, you know, uh, something like a David Lynch picture. You know, like mm. Lost Highway or something, which it just they're off in the fucking clouds, mate. You yeah. know, like th- th- there's no real linear storytelling there, yeah. so you can't actually tell what's happening. Rubber but, was one that I remember. <laughs> that stupid fucking tire that kills people. But I what I mean quite, is, didn't quite catch that one. Lynch, David Lynch films are for a certain. I guess fan base. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're not interested in linear storytelling. Yeah, they're not yep. interested in uh, beginning, middle, end. Yeah, hero's journey. Yeah, that's they're it. into yeah. visual and 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 take it wherever you want to take it. Yeah, like look at it, di- digest it, and decide where you think it went. Existential. Existential. Existential is a good word, <laughs> is a good word for it. 
but this is a kind of a popcorn, not a popcorn, but it's it's a it's a classic scary movie. Yeah. For the masses. Yep. That then doesn't explain itself. Yeah, it's sort of. So as, you, I said, you as I said, being fifteen years old and sitting there. Yeah, yeah. As I said, the, 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 these ones where they go sort of into your, into your mind and your psyche and all that sort of stuff, they don't usually do it for me. Like I had a mate that that used to talk about in the mouth of madness as one of you know John Carpenter's best and an absolute classic. And I watched it and I was just, what's going on? Basically, <laughs> like it's not my sort of thing. Um, it's not what I watch movies for. And that, but, but that's not one, to say that this. this didn't find it for well, some people. This one's sort of more on my level because it's it's giving a little bit of that. Like when he's you know when he's crawling through the through the um the air vent. through the air vents for example, and you get a little. He's looking at that woman, and it turns out it's his wife when his daughter was a baby and things yeah. like that. That sort of works a bit more for me. And there was there was an arc for him. There yeah. was a sort of a, a character development. Um, but as you said, it's when you get one guy in a room for an hour. It's really hard to to take it very far, mm. and it's it's kind of not as I said. It's not usually the thing I like to sort of watch. This was this was one of those movies that uh, it's probably the best of those for me. It's probably the best of those ones where someone goes into the mind of that, but it doesn't allow for. Um, it's very slow. It's very slow storytelling, mm. and I- as you said, it's sort of it, it, because he's so isolated. It doesn't really allow for much of the. Much plot to develop. Yeah. And look, I've got one more like before we get into the dislikes because I think that that, we're going to cover some of that ground or we're going to really sort of dissect that ground there. But I actually kind of like the fact, the sort of bait and switch that he he wakes up. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I I like that. Yeah. He wakes up and back in his, where where, where he had the the surf accident. Yeah. yeah, And you think it's kind of come back around. Yep. And then it, Twists back on itself again. Yeah, and I, and I did like that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, and it's kind of um, because the director's done such a good job. It it kind of comes as a real kick in the kick in the balls, basically. Yeah. When it happens, you really actually sit there and go, "Fuck!" It's know, like, is it like a Roddy Piper? It's, it's, like, Roddy Roddy Piper. Roddy. Yeah, it's like Keith David and Roddy Piper, <laughs> Rochambeau. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's. It's real, and and the I think it's um, for mine Cusack's best moment in the movie, other than when he's shaking the mini mini fridge. Remember when he's you know he's when he opens the fridge and Sammy Jackson's in there talking to him, and then they they go behind him and he's sitting there yelling at it, and it's back to just cans in the yeah, fridge. Yeah. That was cool, but I like the bit when his daughter comes back mm. and he's hugging her and stuff like he's, he's the cyn- the cynicism breaks down, mm. and he hugs his daughter and. Then she just goes limp in his arms. Hmm. That was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. The way the Cusack played it, it was it was heartbreaking to watch. Really, yeah. um, I actually think that might have been his best moment in the movie. So, yeah, but it was. It, you're right that that they played it really well, and it it was timed really well. Hmm. I think, as you said, it's kind of um, it sort of broke up the what could have become far too tedious if it had of yeah. going without a little break like that. And, and, and in a way, that kind of splits the film for me. That's the mm. section that splits it yep. from the really good stuff that I liked to the less successful. Mm-hmm. And, and it, when I say less successful, I mean I don't hate it. I just don't feel it works. Yeah, yep. Um, and, and, and this, you know, getting into the dislikes, coming back to what I was saying, I mean, there's probably people who found, who, who, who picked up on what they were trying to say with regards to his family and the grief and everything. But I just didn't find it was there because I think it was a little bit convoluted. Like, so much was going on for him. He turned into a crazy man. Yeah. And I think the the limitations of a short story is is evident here. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You have stretched this to absolute breaking point. The short story, I mean, by its very nature, doesn't have, like, the, the sort of conflict in the middle and the twists that kind yeah. of take you from um, where you're going with the story to oh shit we got it you know the, we've got another complication or something like that you yeah. miss that so that's when it when it translates to a and they do a reasonable movie. job of trying to get there they, yeah. they do it but when it, it translates job. to a hundred minute movie it, it's it's tough because I agree with you in in some points like the part where he's on the computer to his wife 
that's really ramping up some of the scares and and his his sort of storyline and his arc with his family. Like the part where he's talking to his wife and then the computer or the room starts taking over the conversation mm, yeah. and then cuts her off and then looks at him on the screen and smiles at him and stuff. Yeah. That stuff's fucking great. Yeah. Like it's really good. And then you go into that, as you said, you go back to him thinking it's oh, – after the accident, wakes up in the hospital, goes back to normal life, but then he's back in the room. Yeah. And I, th- I think I agree. Other than the part with his daughter, after that, it sort of doesn't really. It kind of slips. It, yeah, it's it's been you know it's working with the it's been working with the jab for a couple of rounds, and now it's yeah. time to really knock you out, and yeah. it just doesn't. And the scares that they sort of slowly roll out to us for that first hour. Once they get going, they actually go overboard and they start ramming them onto you really fast and they drop the slow burn aspect suddenly. Mm. The slow burn suddenly drops out and suddenly we are we are at Jump Scare City where everything's just loud. And they're trying to kind of, I guess, we've built this up, now we're just going to go into full-on mode. Yeah. And I think that was a mistake. Mm. Honestly. Yeah. I, I think the slow burn was working. Yep. And it would have kept working because I, I already had you. From some of the, you know, after watching it and putting together our thoughts, like, like I, I went and read some reviews on it because it's definitely one of those movies where I want to see what other people think. Yeah. Because, you know, it might enlighten me as to, you know, the, the duller that I am. Maybe <laughs> Stephen Hawking did actually watch the film and give us some thoughts on it. Um uh, but that was one of the biggest criticisms. Almost every review I said uh, or I read um, said that the, the the scares went over the top and too far into like effects territory and yeah. things like that. That they'd worked really well and then it just went too far. It's like they couldn't help it. Yeah, they kind of thought we're losing them. You know, yeah, yeah. we're forty five to fifty minutes in. We've kept everyone on the edge of their seat. But we're going to lose him in a second. So if we been, don't, we we don't ramp up. I think it might have been a product of what you said about it's just just you know the short story. When you when you pad it out to to an hour long movie, you got to fill something. You got to fill with something, and maybe that's that's what it was. Kings are a mixed bag when it comes yeah. to this sort of shit because what they do is they some of them take one of his short stories and they turn it into goal. Yeah. Right. I can't think of any off my top of my head. Like, but this this would be one of the successful ones that well, has shit, done it even well. Even the sh- well, Shawshank wasn't really a short story, but it was but a short story. It was a novella, yeah, it was only 150 um, pages. But the concept works best in, in for King movies is something like Cat's Eye, which does yeah. Quitters Incorporated, which yep. is fucking excellent, and they do a good job in the adaption, and yep. The Ledge. Yep. Both of them are two of his good short stories, and they've been well adapted into short Short Film. pieces, yeah, yeah. Right? Then you get the other side of the coin, like the lawnmower man, which takes a story Oof. about a guy who mows the lawn in the nude with fucking <laughs> green pubes, <laughs> and they turn it into a virtual reality piece. Um, so do you reckon that was during uh, the height of King's excess with his, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, when he did, look, didn't remember they, writing things? I'm sure there's a metaphor for it or some shit yeah, he's talking about. Yeah, there's been some duds, though. Like, there's, you know, there's always that need to, oh, fuck, Stephen King, we better make a movie out of it, and you get stuff like I mean, there was a period in the, there was a period in the, the 80s where, and the 90s where, I mean, he could have just, Hooked. <laughs> and the man's making a resurgence now. Yeah. He's yeah. back on deck yep. with a lot of his property. I mean, he never went away. He always had stuff floating around, mm. like yeah, under the dome and those sorts yeah, of things yeah. that have been out. And he's all he's so prolific. He's writing There's so some, much of it. He's writing some good stuff, but then people are also doing something, you know, it's coming around to where something like it is ripe for being remade. So yeah. I reckon we're gonna get a few more of them. So. And they're now doing a show um called Castle Rock. Yeah. Which is basically just set in the King universe. King it's not universe, his yeah. stories per se, but the whole show is set within Castle Rock, which yeah, is yeah, the Stephen yeah. King universe, yeah, and it has yeah. connections to all this other stuff. He still does that shit. Like I'm reading Revival at the moment, and um, you know, there's a there's a uh, there's a sort of church, you know, church revival in a tent element going through like the carnivals and stuff like that. And they mention Joyland, which yeah. Is another one they talk about something that happened at Joyland. He still does it. He still puts. I mean, the bloke, look, there's no doubt about it. The bloke is, his stuff is so good that 
it's it's ripe for cinematic yeah. stuff. Like yep. he's just so good. He's written stuff, and he's such a great author. And he's got so much work, but just when you're working with a short story like this, you really have to be tight. Yeah. And 104 minutes is too much. Now, yep. if you want to play games on DVD and say it ends at 104.8 just for a gag, that's not good enough to run it out to 104 yeah. minutes. For Change me. the name of the movie to, to 90, 90, 90, 84. 85 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 80 with credits. <laughs> that's what you call it. But you know what I mean? Like, this movie is a 90-minute movie for me. Yeah, yeah. You give me 90 minutes and you just tidy up that ending and she's an absolute fucking ball terror. Yeah. But because it's too long and there's not enough, I don't understand what he, they're f- fully trying to say about Mike Enslin's family and his life. Yeah. yeah I don't get the ending. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's a bit of a failure after such good yeah, work the in the lead-up. I, yeah, I don't really get that either because it's like, in a way, Sammy Jackson gets something of bloody comeuppance or whatever when... Really, he's he was trying to do Enslin assault. You know, he's trying to do him right. So don't go in there. You know, I don't know why, but I re- recalled after watching it the first time for some reason that Sammy Jackson was a ghost. Is he a ghost? Oh, I don't know. I think maybe I just recalled. Maybe I'm getting my films mixed up. <laughs> Good God. But, um, I didn't really. Looks like Einstein and Hawking have missed the point again. <laughs> I didn't really get why he was given it a. Oh, this is personal. It's for you. Trying yeah. To give it a tape. And then he listens to the tape and hears the voices and goes, "Oh shit! Like you knew it was haunted. Apparently, so this shouldn't be a shock to you." Like, <laughs> yeah. Look, um, I, I'm. I'm. The ending is a, is a misstep because it yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and and look, it might just not make sense to me. Yeah. But. I just don't know. It's not its strength. Yeah, and I also think um, one of probably one of the dislikes for me. I actually didn't in my notes. I didn't write anything in the dislikes because there was nothing that I could really pinpoint that I really, really wasn't into in the movie. Mm. But it was only after and th- you know thinking through some of this stuff. As I said, these ones are really difficult for me to watch sometimes and critique. Um, but I think like you get these one man shows and sometimes they work really well and sometimes they don't. Like it's varying levels, but it's it's freaking hard to do. Like I think of things like Phone Booth and Buried mm. and stuff like that. And they're all in this pocket of yeah, really good parts, but didn't quite didn't quite hit Succeed the mark totally. In full. And Part of it is, as you said, it's really hard to develop anything outside of that one person and really make it sort of exciting beyond. Mm. It's hard to stretch it out for that long and make it exciting. So I think one of the strengths was that Cusack was fantastic as that one-man show, but then you said, you know, we we don't know anything about anyone else by the time the ending wraps up. So it's kind of its limitation in the same same breath, really. Because it it, it tries to sort of go outside the one-man show to explain what was going on. Yeah, yeah. And... Because we don't know anyone else. Yeah. I can't get behind. I can't get on board that. Honestly, I don't know why I thought it in my recollection that Jackson was a ghost. Maybe it was the scene when he opens the fridge. <laughs> He's in there. I'm thinking, where's this? But when, honestly, I watched it this time around and <laughs> they go to the funeral and I thought to myself, what the fuck's Jackson doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> I was yeah. I was so kind of knocked for a loop at that point. Yeah, look, it's just slot. It's just not quite there at the top yeah. echelon. Yep, it's good. It's good. And <laughs> it's- also, that they wore Tony Shalhoub was at the end. Exactly, like Tony <laughs> Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub is, is brought up for five minutes at the start yeah. as his agent, isn't yep. he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then. He returns at the funeral. Yeah, no, and that's like, enough. The woman's had enough yeah. or whatever. Like, and so, okay. Like, like I, don't, I don't even know. If, if if the guy wasn't played by Tony Shalhoub, I wouldn't fucking know who he was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have exactly. forgotten all about him. Pretty much. So, there's your limitations. Hmm. Um, and you spend that extra time trying to explain some stuff at the start, but it doesn't really work because the mid-portion, which is an hour, is all John Cusack on his own. Yep. So, very hard to sell that ending. Hmm. Which is, I think, its least successful part. Have you got any other dislikes? 
No, not really. Well, yeah, I mean, five seconds ago, you see you riding down. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And once again, sleepwalking through the well, podcast. I, was- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I actually, I was taking plenty of notes, but I just didn't have anything of dislikes. That's why I said, like, when I was talking about it, there really was nothing that I didn't, like, there was nothing that I really could pinpoint. Fuck, mate, give those more thorough. He's not even here. Oh, <laughs> righto. <laughs> But no, it was, it was nothing I could pinpoint and say, I really dislike this. Yeah. But nothing really... As I said, I finished the movie. After the first time, I forgot fucking Sam Jackson was human. So it's not really... A, it wasn't super memorable. <laughs> it might be the way to put it. I, I, for me, when I finished the film, I... Um, you went and wrote a thesis on <laughs> the meaning of life. I wrote, uh, the meaning of life is dot, dot, dot. And I screwed it up through the way. No, for yeah, me. Me watching this was like Homer with the fucking in, in church. To me, to me, I, I went away thinking, what do I give this out yeah. of five? Because yeah, I don't same. hate it. I don't hate it. No, no. Whoa, but I, I don't really like feel it's, it. it's it's the top. It doesn't scale the heights of, yeah. of King. It doesn't. It's not up in the. It's not up in the. You know, the, obviously the Green Miles and that sort of the thing. Shanks and, and that's the, the thing. Shawshank Redemption. Sorry, and um, um, even his better horror stuff like the the new It, for example. Yeah. I'd, I'd take that over this one. Yeah. Even something like Dolores Claiborne. Like I thought that was a great movie, and that's kind of this is short of that. Actually, yeah. Yeah. You know? Exactly. All right. That is 1408. Thanks again to Kevin for um, bringing this one to our attention. Obviously, we'll, um, um, we'll send you a copy of that thesis on the film. <laughs> you know, just working on it as we speak. Well, though. currently, um, expect it in two to four years. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, obviously, we'll work my way through. I've got to unpack all this. Well, <laughs> you've got to finish your PhD. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, work to do, Kevin, so don't expect it any time soon. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, thanks, Kevin. We really appreciate you bringing this one up. Um, and we did want to, you know, over the last few episodes, we wanted to cover off on some films that some of our listeners had brought forward um, and really appreciate it, mate. And it was definitely worth a watch. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I hadn't seen I really it in a while it. either, so it was good. Yep. If you want to get in contact with us, send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook, Thrill Me Podcast Australia, or at podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Next episode, our final list- listener request. We're jumping in the deep end. There right? we are, into the deep end. The guys from Nostalgia Be Damned threw a little bit of a curveball our way. It's uh, Deep Blue Sea. Another Sammy Jackson yes. film. Yep. Um, a mini Shark Week, so to speak. Well, you know, I'm still calling for oh, it. Oh, man. Shark Week. But we've knocked this Shark one Week. off the list. Come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, want to. We've, look, we've crapped on about Shark Week for so long, we are going to probably have to put it out pre-Christmas or just <laughs> after. But, uh, look, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, keep watching your films and getting in touch with us when you can. And until next time, take it easy. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.